Here's the red letter date in the history of science. November 5th, 1955. Yes, of course, November 5th, 1955. Hi, I'm Kasim Gaines, author of We Don't Need Roads, the making of the Back to the Future trilogy. Hi, I'm Jason Aaron, director of the brand new Back to the Future documentary, Back in Time, and you are tuned in with Dehydrate Level 4. Hi, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4. Boy, oh boy, Mom, you sure know how to hydrate a good podcast. Welcome to Hydrate Level 4. I'm your host, Peter. And I'm your co-host, Phoenix. And today we are reviewing Back to the Future 2, the 1989 comedy adventure directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson... Thomas F. Wilson, and Elizabeth Shue. After visiting 2015, Marty McFly must repeat his visit to 1955 to prevent disastrous changes to 1985 without interfering with his first trip. All right, let's get it. So back to the future two, Phoenix. What's your history with this? Do you think that this is uh, the one that you've seen the most? Yeah, this one has definitely been on TV a lot more than the first one, just probably because you know it's more in the future. It's more now known. Yeah, this one. Um, I think a lot of people aren't big fans of it. Do you have an idea why? Maybe that uh, this is one of the least favorites. Mm, I don't know why. Um, this is one of my top favorites. In my opinion, third is probably the worst. Mm, okay. All right. Um, okay, we'll just kind of get into it. Uh, we won't spend too much time uh, going through the details. But uh, the movie, it picks up where the last one uh, left off. But this time, we get a different Jennifer Parker, uh, played by Elizabeth Shue. Did you notice that this was a different Jennifer early on? Or uh, did it take you a while before you realized um, it was a different actress? At first, I didn't really realize it just because Jennifer is such a... not really too big of a part in the first movie that just didn't really seem any different to me. Yeah. The one thing I did notice about the DeLorean, and I, I didn't catch this uh, really early on, but the license plate, it's got a barcode. Uh, and I, I guess at that time, they uh, kind of envisioned that the license plate would do away with numbers and letters and switch to barcode. So I think that's kind of a cool look. Um, but as they take off in the DeLorean with the hover conversion, Biff witnesses the DeLorean. So that's one of the uh, the new segments that they filmed for this opening sequence. Um, what did you think Biff was thinking when he saw the DeLorean drive off? You know, if I was Biff, I really wouldn't know what to think. You know, I just saw a flying car. Is this something that you think you'd keep to yourself? or it, you know? I'd keep this to myself. Yeah, people might think you're crazy or Just something. Just sound not crazy, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so they arrive in Hill Valley uh, in 2015 on October 21st. So that date has already passed, obviously, uh, in our lifetime. And they arrive, and you had a very interesting question uh, upon rewatching. D- didn't you ask, like, why did they arrive, like, above the, like, um, in the middle of the freeway mm-hmm. in the sky? 
So I thought that was a very interesting question because they took off uh, at the line of states, but they appear uh, just right above the freeway about to exit uh, into Hill Valley. Um, what did you think about the, the, the freeway or the skyway? Not too much. I just thought it was really dangerous how they were doing that. Yeah. Uh, did you... Okay, so we get a little exposition. Um, you know, Jennifer, she's asking a lot of questions. And Doc puts her to sleep using his uh, sleep-induced alpha rhythm generator. Uh, did you find that comical at all? Mm, not really. No, you just... I mean, I just viewed it. Yeah. Uh, friend of the show, Devin, from the Liquor Run podcast, he just watched it for the first time a few weeks ago. And he mentioned how he thought that scene was really, really funny. So for this review, I kind of paid more attention to that. And Christopher Lloyd did a really good job at selling that scene. And just his physical comedy and the, um, uh, the, the way he puts this little device you know, to Jennifer's face to make her fall asleep, I thought it was really funny. When they arrive to Hill Valley Square, they uh, park in the alleyway. Um, I don't know if you caught this, but the lowering of the DeLorean I thought was a really cool effect. Uh, I'm sure they used some kind of... I don't know what they used, but what do you think of the lowering effect? Do you think it looked cool? You know what I'm talking about? Where It looked where... different from the other cars that were lowering down from the sky. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely wasn't CG, so I don't know if it was a crane or something but anyway uh it's just the effect of the lowering of the delorean i just thought was uh looked really nice in the background of the alley you see a bunch of like uh laser discs you know um kind of thrown away being recycled Do you, have you ever seen one of those no um okay so they're basically like big records but they play movies except for they're not vinyl they're the you know the same material that that uh, are made of cds are made of so here we learn from Doc that Marty Jr. got into trouble with uh, Griff's gang. Griff is uh, Biff's grandson. And Doc went uh, to the next day and got the newspaper that shows that uh, Marty McFly Jr. was jailed uh, for some gang-related activity. But the, the newspaper it was a uh, USA Today, and credit to them, on October twenty second, twenty fifteen, they actually released that same edition. So I thought it was cool. I you kind of glanced at it, right? The, but you didn't really read the articles or anything, right? Um, well, no, I I looked through the articles a little bit. It was actually more detailed than you would think. Yeah, because I mean, you know, uh, um, USA Today they they were selling this, you know, so they want to make sure that it's like a like a real newspaper, you know, that people are buying, not just you know a prop or a memorabilia. So uh, I thought that was really cool, and I think in the movie it also shows that the newspaper was $2, and that's how much USA Today is today, too. So they kind of uh, predicted that, that it would still be $2 at this time. So uh, Doc gives Marty uh, some clothes and says, hey, you're going to you know, go into Cafe 80s, and you're going to take the place of your son, and whatever Griff asks you to do, just say no. So, I guess Doc puts Marty McFly Jr. to sleep as well, uh, probably using the same thing. And so, what what did you think of the clothes that um, Doc got for Marty? Like the shoes, the jacket, the hat? They were all very stylish. Um, would you rock the hat? I would not rock the hat. <laughs> not even if it was like flat bill? I would rock the shoes. Yeah. 
The shoes were pretty cool. The, you know, maybe some shoes with that type of hot material, which we actually do have. Yeah, yeah, we we definitely have the shoes. I I have the the Halloween costume version of it. You know, if I can get the the white Nike logo, maybe I can like uh, get it sewn on or something and make it look a little bit more legit. But um, but the jacket, you, you don't dig the jacket, the self adjusting one? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it it's just rubber. It's it, it seems heavy. So um, I know Marty likes to use that word, but literally, uh, it, it looks you know kind kind of heavy in weight. Um. So yeah, Doc tells Marty about the mission, and then Marty goes out into Hill Valley Square. We notice that the clock tower has been uh, kind of upgraded, right? They got the glass mm-hmm. in the beginning and stuff like that. But did you notice that the ledge still hasn't been fixed? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that was funny, but um, I think obviously the, 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 the filmmakers, they they purposely did not fix the ledge, you know, just for for the viewers for the fans you know a, a little wink hey you know remember this from part one we didn't fix it even though we upgraded the clock tower so i thought that was really interesting um did you notice who was uh up for re-election there there were some posters on the wall uh mary goldie wilson's grandson um possibly well mayor goldie wilson jr so wouldn't that be his son I think he said when my grandfather... Uh, well, the, that guy, he was selling hover conversions. That wasn't the mayor. Oh, well, then I'm not sure. Yeah, so I, I think I think his grandson did not go into politics and is selling hover conversions. So I, I think that that's three generations of the, uh, the Wilsons there. Um, but Hill Valley Square is now an outdoors shopping mall, which we have lots of, right? A bunch of outlets and things like that. And uh, Jaws 19... So we see the, you know, they it's kind of an iconic scene, I would think, you know, where the, the 3D version of Jaws comes out. So they're not too far off there because 3D is still kind of a, a thing now, except for it doesn't come out you quite like that. But um, what do you think? Uh, well, you've seen Jaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you see anything cool with, like, the, the display? Did you notice who directed Jaws 19? Uh, I did not. Uh, oh, it, Robert Zemeckis. No, Max Spielberg. Do you want to guess who that might be? Steven Spielberg's son? Yeah, his son. So um, would you be excited for uh, a Jaws 19? Mm, have you seen the trailer? Uh, you know what? Sad to say, but I have not watched the trailer yet. Wow, I thought you'd be the first one to see it. <laughs> um, no, I and maybe because I haven't seen any of the Jaws movies. Uh, but yeah, I don't know why I have not yet watched the trailer. Um, is it funny? I say so. Okay. You should definitely um, watch that tonight. Okay, I, I will definitely do that. Um, did you think that they were trying to be funny by calling it 19? Or do you think that, like, realistically, if they kept on making them, that they could have possibly, possibly gotten up to 19 by now? I think they're trying to make fun of them. Yeah. They okay. were, they've, Jaws has spawned so many sequels, you know, they probably knew that, uh, I don't know. If they it's, if they continue on, nineteen probably wouldn't have been like out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it'd probably be like twenty seventeen. Yeah. So Marty goes to Cafe Eighties. The cafe has now been turned into uh, a bit of like a, a nostalgic restaurant, you know, where Michael Jackson and Ronald Reagan are taking your orders, and we see the um the the Pepsi Perfect bottle, which is now for sale. Uh, if you're lucky enough, you can get it through Amazon, but uh, every time. I go on there, it's sold out, and they're being sold for $20.15. Uh, 
Um, I don't know. I, I I want one, but that's that's kind of pricey. You know, I, I've been buying a lot of a lot of things lately. But um, what do you think of the look of the cafe eighties? Do you think that they got um, anything right in that in that cafe? Um, there's two people on uh, uh maybe the bikes, maybe the bike people. Yeah, that, that's kind of like you know, fitness is is a huge. You know, people you, you see people riding on bikes and such. So that's not too far off. Anything else in there? The Wild Gunman game. The video games? Yeah. Um, I think more... Less arcades. I don't think arcades is still... Well, you know, they've got places like Dave & Buster's, so I, I don't know if arcades are really making a comeback, but they definitely have some like family-friendly uh, fun centers and uh, r- restaurants and establishments that actually have arcades. So, yeah, I can kind of see that, but we still use our hands. Um, definitely not considered a baby's toy, I don't think. Now, the two boys that were playing that, did you recognize either of them? Uh, I feel like they're important somehow. Uh, one of the kids is Elijah Wood in his uh, very first starring role. Mr. Frodo? Lord of the Rings. In Lord of the Rings, yeah. Uh-huh. No? Can't, can't place his face? No, I, I can place his face. I'm just trying to think of some other stuff. Um, is his last name really Wood? Yeah. Yep, Elijah Wood. I can't think right now. He was in Sin City 1, maybe the first Sin City. And um starred in that one cycle role. Um he well he's he yeah. Yeah, he he's he's played some some crazy roles. But uh no, so Marty Jr. comes in and he's as gullible as George McFly uh in 1955 because we get this kind of the same scene from when uh, Marty first goes to uh, Lou's Cafe and, um, you know, Griff comes in and tells, you know, McFly, your shoes, was it your shoes unbuckled? You know, and McFly Jr. looks down and, you know, gets punched in the face. So kind of similar, except for, like, with George, he was getting, he got slapped, right? Yeah, he got slapped in the face. Yeah. So um, this, this scene we find out that Marty has an issue with uh, being called chicken. So I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but that wasn't a thing in part one. What do you think about them giving him that, that uh, having that problem of being called you know, chicken or being challenged? Honestly, I didn't think too much of it. You know, I just thought, okay, he has a problem saying chicken. Yeah, that, so that sucks. Yeah, that, that doesn't bother you, though, that, that they added that? A little bit, yes. Yeah. So we basically the scene plays out as it does in in the first movie. Marty takes the place of Marty McFly Jr. and uh, you know he has the the, the little beef with uh, Griff, and then this leads into the the hoverboard scene, right? The 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 very infamous hoverboard scene. So I'm sure for those that are listening, obviously have seen this movie. But Phoenix, is there anything you liked about the entire chase scene, like, uh, did you like Griff's Pitbull hoverboard? Uh, I know you uh, mentioned that uh, upon rewatching, you noticed that the uh, the female stunt, well, the stunt woman, she hit like the pillar of the uh, the clock tower. Somebody did. I don't know. I don't think it was specifically the f- the female actor. Yeah. Well, I happen to know that that it is. You you probably just didn't catch who it was, but it, it is the, the the female one. Um. 
But did you did you like anything in particular about the hoverboard chasing? Um. Okay, so the hoverboards, the boards don't work on water, right? Mm-hmm. So if it gets wet, it is, you know, works like anything else uh, with the. Uh, with electronics, you know, with batteries, right? You you get it wet, then it's out of commission temporarily. But how does it? How does he still hover above water? I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. But did you ever think about that? Momentum. Momentum, possibly. But you know those the the two uh, circular. I I don't know what they are, but you know, under the hoverboard, I always imagine that that's what. You know, kind of, uh, kind of keeps you levitated above the ground. So I don't know how that's still, how you're able to kind of just still be hovering above the water if it doesn't work. I don't know. I just thought that was a very interesting question. But uh, yeah, Marty is able to dodge Griff and his baseball bat and his goons, and then he falls into the water. So surprisingly, his jacket dries, but he doesn't get shocked. Too. So that's that's another one of those things that uh, I always kind of question. But um, so there's a guy uh, who wants to save the clock tower. So I don't know if you know this, but this is uh, this guy is Terry. He I don't know if he's supposed to be the same character, but it's definitely the same actor who is the guy that um, uh, cleans up Biff's car in 1955. You know the one he, the one who uh, Biff goes to go get his car from with the tow truck. Oh, yeah. Later on, yeah. So that's the same guy. So here, Marty finds out that the Cubs won the World Series. And we don't watch baseball, but did you know that uh, they were pretty close to it? I did. Yeah. So was that talked about at school at all? Like with the No, actually, or... Back to the Future wasn't talked about at all at school. No, no, not not that, but the the Cubs. The the, the reference in the movie. and, and it, like Was that brought up like by a teacher or anything? Nope. Back to the Future wasn't brought up at all at school. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so here, Doc comes back after, I don't know, I guess mission accomplished here. Doc comes back to find out that Marty uh, bought an, uh, a sports almanac that covers 50 years, 1950 to 2000. And uh, Marty had planned to take this back, you know, to put a little bet uh, on on some on some games and win money. Is this something you would do? Yes, I would too. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, uh, we would be rich and well off, and we would not be podcasting. You know, we would have plenty of money and vacation all the time. So while this conversation is going on, a few things are happening. Uh, old Biff is hiding in. I don't even know what he's hiding in. He's hiding behind some kind of door eavesdropping. But also, Jennifer, who is sleeping down the alley, is being picked up by, by two cops who uh, end up taking her home because, you know, she's just laying in the alley there. So I thought it was interesting that while they were getting ready to leave, and this is before this is before the, um, I guess they found out that uh, the cops were going to be taking Jennifer, but... Marty, he actually tosses the hoverboard into the DeLorean because remember he tried to give it back to the little girl mm-hmm. and she said you can keep it I got a pit bull now but he throws the hoverboard into the DeLorean so do you think that's interesting that Doc wasn't he was going to be okay with that that Marty was bringing that back right yeah um I mean he's he's bringing the DeLorean back and you know DeLorean flying that's that's also pretty big so I wouldn't worry about a hoverboard yeah, but I feel that, you know, Doc wouldn't really be, you know, flying the DeLorean around back in 1985. 
but now they're bringing uh, you know this hoverboard back to 1985 that levitates. So Jennifer gets dropped off at the McFlies, and we get to see uh, their house. Did did you think their neighborhood was bad looking at all? Like it was kind of run down or anything? Yeah. You did? Mm-hmm. I I thought it looked kind of nice actually. No, I think it looked bad. It was graffitied. Yeah, the 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 signs were kind of similar to like the Lion Estates, except for there's no lines. But yeah, there there was some graffiti on there. But I mean, aside from that, the the neighborhood looked okay, didn't it? No. No. I don't think it looked good. Uh, what'd you think about the the self walking dog, whatever the dog on a leash, the drone? That was weird. <laughs> it's weird. Uh, well, it would make a kid's job easier, I think, or the chore at least. The doors, you have to have your thumbprint, you know, pressed up against this plate to open up the doors. But from the other side, how do you open up the door with the plate? So do you think is the door automatic? You see what I'm saying? Like if you if you're trying to get out, like how do you pull, do you pull the door open, or does it automatically open? You think? I'm assuming it's automatically. Like at least it pushes forward or something enough so where you can open it up. Yeah. Or uh, depending on which side you put your finger on the plates, then the door opens the opposite way of that. Yeah. Um, Lorraine and George they they show up to the house. Uh, did you notice the actress that played uh, Marty's daughter? Marty. <laughs> uh, Michael J. Fox. Mm. Right. Uh, for for a while, I don't know how long, but for a while, I never noticed that it was Michael J. Fox, uh, because the voice. I, I, I guess I, I I don't I don't think that's Michael J. Fox Fox doing a female's voice, but I always thought it was a female because I was like, oh yeah, that's that's a girl clearly because it sounds like one. Um, but yeah, George and Lorraine they show up. They're old and whittled. Uh, George is upside down on this you know uh, uh, back brace thing. And you probably don't know, I'm sure, but it's it's a different actor, and um, you know, because the original George, you know, wanted more money, so they didn't bring him back. So they had this actor wearing prosthetics to look like George or Chris McGlover, and they had him upside down, you know, to kind of uh, hide his face a little bit more. But um, yeah, Lorraine is talking to Marlene, who is Marty's daughter. And she's kind of explaining about this automobile accident that Marty uh, gets into. Um, and I guess he damages his hand, and that's why he's not like a rock star. Uh, did Did you catch this exposition at all? Mm, no. Yeah. Um, but it was something that I always kind of wondered, like, you know, what is this about? And when I was young, I just never thought, I never knew that that's what happened in Part 3, that they were explaining that. So, um I don't know if you know, but two and three were filmed back to back. So a lot of things that were talked about in two also leads into part three. So Doc and Marty they arrive to Hilldale. That's that's the uh, where the McFlies live, and Biff, old Biff, followed them in a in a taxi cab. So while Marty is changing his shoes, he he doesn't notice you know Biff pull up in the in the taxi cab just a few houses down. And as he's walking over to the house, Biff manages to steal the DeLorean. Don't you think that Marty would have heard the car take off and all that? Yes. Um, how do you think Biff figured out how to how to work the the DeLorean? I mean, it's really not that hard. It looks <laughs> so easy to use. It is not hard if you watch part one. So clearly Biff watched part one. Hey, I mean, he has a time machine. He has all the time in the world. I suppose. Um, 
So we get, uh, we see a scene with Lorraine um, making a pizza, and apparently in the future they hydrate it using a hydrator. So that's where the name of our podcast comes from, is from the scene where uh, Lorraine says, hydrate level four, please. And then you get this small, I don't know, what do you think the diameter is, like four or five inches? Probably. Yeah. And then and then it enlarges to you know like a like a large pizza for for a family to share. Mm. So uh, Marty gets a call from Needles. This is the first time we've ever seen this guy. Um, I don't think you've checked it out yet, but in the the first issue of the Back to the Future comic book, it shows the how Marty and Doc actually met. And in this in this issue, it actually shows that Marty and Needles go back since middle school. So he's been around for a while, but only just now introduced. But uh, what do you think about this whole FaceTime thing uh, with, with uh, on the TV? That's basically what he's doing, you know, with Needles and his boss. Do you have any thoughts on that at all? No. Okay. So uh, Doc, Doc rescues Jennifer, and she runs into her other self. And she faints. So at the same time as Doc and Marty are rescuing Jennifer... Biff shows, uh, old Biff comes back just in time. And what did you think about when he got out of the car and broke his cane and was kind of st- struggling to walk afterwards? I didn't think too much. Well, what do you think was happening to him, though? Like, why do you think he's acting that way? Who? Uh, old Biff. Um. After he broke his cane and, you know, he was, couldn't really stand up and if, he, he looked like he was hurt. Because Lorraine shot him. Um, wait, how do you know that? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, because that's actually, um, there's a deleted scene of him fading away shortly right after that. And it is, um, I forgot who said it. Was it one of the writers? But yeah, in one of the special features, it says that, you know, presumably Lorraine shot, you know, Biff back in like the 70s or 80s or whatever. Well, it's got to be at least in the 80s because... You know, Marty goes back into 1985. Oh, gosh, I just went cross-eyed with the time travel. So Doc and Marty, they go back to uh, 1985. At least they think so. And so they're driving down uh, down the street through Lion Estates. And did you notice all the houses for sale? No. Yeah, all um, all the houses, most of the houses, had a for sale sign in uh, in their yard. So I just thought that was very interesting that Marty didn't notice that. But um, he gets dropped off at his house, and he goes through the back gate like he usually does. However, this time, it's got a lock in it. So Marty climbs into his bedroom window to find out that it's not his room. It's actually, uh, like, you know, a, a young black girl's room. You know, she's got, like, the, I think the room is pink, and it's got, like, a uh, Michael Jackson poster where his uh, Huey Lewis poster used to be. And um, the, the, the father of this young girl comes in, and he's got a bat. Now, did you notice anything about this family at all? Like, the, the way they looked? Uh, I mean, aside from them being black? Um, not really. Why are they something important? Well, they are supposed to kind of look like the Peabody's. You know, the mom's got, like, rollers in her hair. There's, a, you know, the, the little brother, the little sister, and then the dad. And um, obviously the Peabody, uh, Mr. Peabody was going to shoot Marty. And this one has a bat that chases him out of the room. So it's supposed to kind of mirror that scene from from part one. So 
Marty is walking through the streets of Hill Valley, and he goes um, goes over to this porch to look at the newspaper, and he realizes it is the correct date, and he runs into Mr. Strickland. So, real quick scene here, but we find out that the school had been burned down six years ago. Uh, did you ever see that deleted scene where Marty goes to the school and is actually on fire? Mm, no. Okay. So... Marty goes to the clock tower to find out that Biff had turned it into a, a casino slash museum. Um, and there's this video that's playing uh, on on TV at the museum. And it shows that in 1973, Biff married Lorraine, his mom. And this is where uh, Marty runs into uh, Biff's three goons. So he's still hanging out with the same guys from high school, uh, even after 30 years. So... So we get that scene uh, where, you know, Marty is asleep and he wakes up on the 27th floor. Uh, what do you think about how his mom looks now compared to how we've seen her before in, in like, the other movies and the other timelines? Mm, I didn't think too much. I've never really noticed that she got breast implants, but did she appear to look bigger in that area? Yeah, See, definitely. I, I, I've never really really noticed i mean i know that they she points it to it but i i don't know um but i guess we just never really saw her yeah i'm not gonna go there i guess um okay so in this alternate even in this alternate timeline we find out that uncle joey's still in jail so it doesn't matter what changes the, the only thing that stays the same is that uncle joey's still in jail but um there's this part where Biff comes up to find that Marty is in town because apparently he's supposed to be in Switzerland at boarding school. And we get like a, a mirroring shot of uh, Biff pushing Lorraine down onto the ground, kind of like how he did in part one in 1955. Uh, and instead of George punching him, he punches Marty uh, in the stomach. So we find out that George McFly was shot in 1973, the same year that Biff marries Lorraine. So kind of interesting, right, that Lorraine uh, ends up marrying Biff the same year her husband dies. Marty goes to the cemetery to pay his you know, father's tombstone a visit, and he runs into Doc there. Doc takes him back to his... Is it his garage? Yeah, his garage, which is now a, a mess, a complete mess. And, uh, you know, they find out that uh, Biff, at some point, had taken the DeLorean because there was, a, you know, a broken uh, broken piece of the cane was found in the car along with the receipt to the almanac. So right here we find out that Marty feels like, you know, it's Marty's fault, right, at this point that everything's happened? Yes. So Marty goes to pay Biff a visit where he's uh, in the hot tub with uh, two girls. Did you catch what movie he was watching? Dirty, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Uh, I think it's A Fistful of Dollars, but it's part of a trilogy, in- to in- which includes The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Um, so we'll put a pin on that, because that will come up in part three, obviously. So here, Marty finds out you know, the entire story of where, of where he got it. Um, so did you notice... Biff asks Marty, how'd you get past my security? Yeah. Yeah. Did you automatically think, well, uh, because, you know, he flew up on the DeLorean? No. Oh. So after all this time, Marty can still uh, distract Biff. He throws uh, a Frisbee uh, towards his head and, you know, he gets stuck in the chair. So that's 
also going to be calling back. Uh, that will be called back in part three, where he also throws a frisbee. And then there's a little chase um, that ensues. You know, Marty goes up to the roof, and up there he's kind of he's kind of trapped, right, with him and Biff. And you know, Biff's got the gun. Explains that you know two McFlies with the same gun. So here we find out that Biff killed George uh, at some point. You know, well I guess in '73 when he died. So instead of letting Biff shoot him, he jumps off of the roof, which, you know, I think is funny because Biff's like idiot. And so he, he walks over to uh, to the ledge there and then Marty comes up on the on the on the hood of the DeLorean and like Doc opens up the door and knocks him down. So they find out that they need to go back to 1955. Um, did you catch the date at all when the time circuits were was malfunctioning in the DeLorean? No, it's one of those things that you blink and you miss it, but it's flashing. Uh, I think January first, eighteen eighty-five. So that's a clue that you know that's you know where Doc might disappear to. You know, if you really look at the time circuits, or you're just super wasted. What was that? Oh, like if you didn't catch that. Mm -hmm. So they go back to nineteen fifty-five, um, and they hide the DeLorean, the same place that Marty hides it in uh, in the first movie, and they come up with the plan. Um, basically, Marty will have to go um, get the almanac back from young Biff. And um, I guess Doc is just going to hang out so he doesn't run into his other self. Uh, same thing with Marty. So Doc gives him some money, tells him to buy something inconspicuous. So Marty gets a, uh, you know, a black hat with a, I guess a fedora, you know, with the, the sunglasses and a black leather jacket. So not very conspicuous. Um, but... Marty tells Biff from his grandma's house. Uh, did you think uh, Biff's grandma sounded like Howard's mom at all? No. Okay, so Biff goes to see Terry, uh, you know, to go get his car. And again, this is the guy who plays the old man. So again, I don't know if this is supposed to be the same character. But um, Biff runs into Lorraine on the street and, uh, you know, tries to get her to go to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. But she says she's going with Calvin Klein. And, um, you know, he kind of insists that she goes with him. And then, you know, she hits him with, like, a, her box, of, you know, her dress. You know, it's kind of boxed up. She hits hits him and runs away. And old Biff happens to be there. So we find out that's where they, uh, they meet up. So we get that scene where old Biff and young Biff... Uh, they, they have the talk where old Biff is trying to set him up, you know, for the future. Uh, tells him about the almanac and all that stuff. So during the scene when they're, uh, talking to each other, young Biff tells old Biff to make like a tree and get out of here. And then old Biff corrects him. It's leave. You sound like a damn fool when you say it wrong. When do you think young Biff gets corrected? Do you think this is when he gets corrected that it's actually leave? Yes. So it's something that was going to happen eventually. Uh, so I don't know. It, it's kind of one of those things like the chicken or the egg. Like w what came first? The egg. It, okay. Um, so Marty gets stuck in the garage and uh, kind of has to wait for Doc to come save him in the middle of the night. Uh, or at least wait for uh, Biff to leave. So Biff does end up leaving. Uh, takes the almanac with him to the Enchantment on the Sea Dance. So Marty's stuck in the car. And then we get the uh, the scene where old Doc meets young Doc. So, you know, the, the, the joke is it's a paradox, right? Uh, did you have any thoughts on this scene where, uh, of them meeting? Like maybe how it was shot, you know, did it look good to you? 
was it believable? Yes. I thought that, uh, yeah, it was really cool to kind of see that scene being played out, um, you know, de definitely with the, the, the two versions of Docs there. So Marty follows Biff back to the dance. Uh, Biff and the gang, they're spiking the punch, and then they go outside, and then we get the scene with Strickland, who uh, takes the, the almanac. So, um, you know, Marty acts like he's brand new to the area. You know, he's got the uh, the binoculars, and he sees himself his other self pulling up with Lorraine and all these things. And then we get the scene uh, over at Strickland's. Did, did you have any thoughts of like this uh, different like point of view, like, uh, you know, with present Marty, you know, in 1955? No. Should okay. I? Um, I, I thought it was a little, I just thought it slowed down the movie a little bit, you know, him going to like the principal's office. Like, did, did you think that was funny at all? Or like, what, what did you think? Did you think you slowed it down, or were you fine with it? Did you think it was cool? Because I think that was probably just one of those scenes that I just kind of like, hmm, let's get over with. I, I just felt like it was a little slow. Yeah. So Marty ends up finding out that Strickland had taken an Ooh La magazine instead. It was actually just the, the cover of the almanac. So um, he's talking to Doc and realizes that he's got one last chance to find Biff. Because at this point, this is where George walks up to the car and Biff is in the car with Lorraine. So uh, Marty goes out there. Uh, we get the funny scene of like, you know, Marty is uh, going through uh, Biff's jacket and grabs the uh, the almanac. And like the, the guy's like, did you just steal his wallet? So uh, that was one of the, you know, one of my favorite scenes when I was a kid. I thought it was just really funny. So Marty gets chased by uh, Biff's goons and he gets uh, back inside the enchantment under the sea dance. Now, what did you think of this scene of uh, President Marty seeing his self up on stage playing Johnny Be Good? Uh, nothing much. Like, do you like this scene? I mean, this this is a pretty pretty big scene here where yeah they reshot everything and one of the first times where a character goes back to the same scene and we see like the different angles. You just it was it was just whatever. I mean, when I had a. <sighs> It was just whatever. Okay. Well, what, what scenes do you like from, from this movie? I mean, you said this is one of your, your favorite ones of the, of the three. I mean, it was just more enjoyable to watch than the other ones. I, I can't think of any favorite scenes that I really, really loved about this franchise. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, I, I guess we'll, we'll we'll just end it right there. You know, the we, we get the hoverboard scene where uh, Biff is chasing him down the tunnel. And then uh, Doc is in the sky, you know, while Marty is burning the almanac, you know, to kind of right, right the wrong, right? So Doc disappears. You, do you have any thoughts on Doc uh, exploding in midair? Yeah, that part actually really bugged me. Um, while Marty is doing that, Doc shouldn't be up there for any reason whatsoever. Like, okay, when Marty's done with that, what's he going to do? Is he going to climb back up that flag, the flags? Like, Doc has to land. There's no reason for him to be up there. No, actually, that's that's a very good point that you you bring up. I can't think of anything except for that's the way, uh, you know, uh, Marty was uh, was hanging on that flag. Um, but yet you're right. You know, Doc should have landed. There, there's no reason. Yeah, they can take off in midair, but even you know, Marty said, you know, be careful because you could get struck by lightning, which you know, which happens. So, um, yeah, that's a very good question and, and insight that, that you have there. 
So that that happens, and then so Doc disappears, and then Marty is visited by the uh, the guy from Western Union. So this scene it really excites me because you know when you first watch it, you're like, what happens to Doc? All of a sudden, this guy shows up, and then Marty gets a letter from Doc from 1885. You're like wow, you know, so uh, just good timing on Doc's part. Obviously, he knew that you know it'd be the night of the the famous Hill Valley lightning storm. So um, I thought that was really cool, and the end of it is uh, of the movie, the cliffhanger, is one of my favorite scenes. Is just you know seeing the end of part one again. You know where Doc is uh, ziplining, you know from the clock tower, and uh, you know Marty from part one goes back to the future, and then you know young Doc is excited that hey you know this worked, and all of a sudden Marty, other Marty comes running down the street. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah, that's just one of my favorites there. Okay, so yeah, we'll we'll, we'll wrap it up. Um, do you want to go ahead and give give your rating, or do you want me to go first? Or? Um, all right. So I think the last one I said like four point five or four point seventy five. I'm gonna have to stick with that for this one. Four point seventy five. It was a good movie, and all in all, um, just more fun. Yeah, it's more fun to watch than the first ones with all the special effects and everything. I do have a question for you, actually. Oh, what's your question? Okay, so. What part of the movie do you like better? Do you like the future stuff, like the 2015, or do you like uh, the stuff after the future? Action-wise, it'd probably be during the future. Yeah, because of the hoverboard scene? Because of the hoverboard scene. um, I feel like that was shot a lot nicer than the regular chase scenes in, like, part three and part one, like uh, when uh, Marty's on his regular skateboard and you know everybody's watching him and everything um but you know th- this one was more exciting because you, you know you're being chased by psychos mm-hmm. okay um any anything that was in this movie like props or anything that uh uh you wish that you had or the hoverboard the hoverboard um let me see how about anything that was in the movie that they released in real life that Nike mags the Nike mags so that that you want that I want okay so we'll we'll have to see uh, uh I'd have to get a pair first before you can get one <laughs> so okay so for me no secret I've mentioned it before this is one big saga to me this is just part two so I'm gonna give it a, a, a five um you know I've kind of you know you know moderating this episode here i've kind of talked about like the scenes uh my favorite scenes the end is my favorite uh i obviously dig the enchantment under the sea dance you know revisiting that being shot from different angles and seeing you know the two martys on the same screen uh seeing two docs on the same screen seeing two biffs you know so we see uh, two jennifers you know so all of those those were just uh really cool stuff um in the for those that listened to the first episode, I forgot to kind of mention that uh, I did a little, you know, like a brief interview with some uh, other viewers during Future Day when I went to go watch that triple feature. So at the end of the first episode, I uh, interviewed uh, Emily Olsh. So for this one, uh, I interviewed her again about part two, but also her friend uh, Megan Grace. So uh, you'll hear that. So our next movie will obviously be Back to the Future 3. And... Um, if you want to email in for that, you know, you can do so at hlfpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at hlfpodcast. Please rate and review 
on iTunes, leave a star rating. And you know what? Speaking of, we actually have a new review. Great show by J.D. Duran30, October 9, 2015. I'm beating a dead horse here, but love the father-slash-son combo. I can't wait till I can do that with my own kid. Definitely recommend this show. All right, that's from uh, J.D., friend of the podcast. He uh, hosts the uh, In Session Film Podcast, so check them out. Thank you, sir, for that review. Um, So... For those that picked up the uh, Back to the Future animated series, I actually do a podcast on that with Albie from the Quantum Leap podcast. You can find that uh, at barrenspace.com backslash BTTF or on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also uh, check out my new podcast that I do with a friend of the show, Devin, called We Got Five. That's on CoreTempParts.com. Again, also on iTunes and Stitcher or FollowingFilms.com. You know, with the other podcast. Uh, the other show I do, Original Remake, with uh, Mike, who also hosts War Machine vs. War Horse. Check out the other shows on there, Pop Culture Case Studies, True Bromance Film Podcast, and Following Films Podcast. So until the next episode, I'm Peter. I'm Phoenix. And this is Hydrate Level 4. So I am now joined by... Megan Grace. And she is a friend of Emily, who you guys just heard. Now, I just found out that Megan Grace has not seen any of the movies, one, two, or three. So this is her very first time, and she's going balls to the walls. You know, she's watching a triple feature uh, for the very first time. So, uh, interesting. What is your initial thoughts for part one? I was actually really, really entertained. Um, I was a 90s kid, so growing up it was um, very nostalgic, the way the cinematography was, the way the storytelling was, and I, I was actually very impressed despite talking crap earlier just for the sake of talking crap to all of my friends because they were really excited and I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, I wasn't really that interested, but um, I have to take those words back now. Yeah, so you, you found it very entertaining, funny? Hilarious. Um, I'm a big reference person, so I really liked all of the little subtle things, you know, and all of the little tie-ins between, especially the first and second movie. I liked, like, the guy with the 3D glasses. I noticed all the little things in the background, so I thought that was really you, you want to You want to guess what his name is? I have no idea what his name is. 3D. Oh. <laughs> uh, actually, in I think in part two, maybe it was part one, but uh, if you look closely, his 3D glasses actually says 3D written on them. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I did see he had the like the paper ones on, and then later he had really, really nice, like, uh, Ray-Bans kind of style right, ones. Right, the, like, yeah, the 85, alternate 85. Mm-hmm. Okay, and um, you recognize... Um, I'm having a brain fart with his name right now. Oh, Creepy Thin Man from... I, I recognize the um, guy who played George McFly. Right. I was a fan of the Charlie's Angels movies, so I recognized him as Creepy Thin Man from that, those movies. Um, I had a minor freak out during the movie because I was really excited. Uh, did you recognize Billy Zane? I don't know who that is. I probably recognize him if I saw his face. I'm not really good with actors and their names. Did you watch Titanic? I did. He was the bad guy. Really? Yeah. Uh, Billy Zane had the match in his mouth. Okay. He's one of uh, Biscuits. He's the one that knocked out Marty in part two, w- uh, over the head. Oh, okay, okay. I'll have, I, I, now I'm going to have to, now I'm, see, you're even pointing out things. I'm going to have to watch it like four or five more times. Just so I I've, I've, I've seen them all a few times. You know, I'm, I'm, a a bit of, I'm a bit of a fan. Just a few times, yeah. Okay, so we will transition into back to the future too again your very first time what were your initial thoughts of this one i still think i like the first one better however it was really interesting to see the whole um 
what 2015 was supposed to be like and I was a little underwhelmed by current 2015 I was like come on we need to we need to step up the progress a little bit I really like the 3D Jaws that was that was cool and Jaws 19 yeah exactly Jaws 19 where's our hoverboards that's what I want to know did you catch who directed Jaws 19 no I did not Max Spielberg I'm assuming is that like supposed to be his son or something? Yes. Okay, yep. yeah, that's funny. That's his son. So, what were some of the things shown in part two that um, that maybe you've seen that is coming to fruition now in the real 2015 that you're excited about? Oh gosh, um, I don't. I it's like now that I'm on the spot, like, I'm like nothing comes to mind. Oh, that's like, okay. But I, I'm like I'm sure that there are things. I'm just like I'm drawing suddenly a blank because I'm yeah. just like. There's still, like, hints of 80s-tastic stuff. I mean, I suppose, like, you know, making jokes about kids' style and, like, what they decide to wear. Obviously, we don't dress like that, but at the same time... Oh, you don't. Oh, I don't. I don't dress like that. I, I'm actually wearing his shoes. Uh, you are. You are. I can, I can attest to that. He yeah. is, in fact, wearing the shoes. Yeah. Um, but, now, what about the tone of the movie? Did you think it was a little different from the first one? It, there was a lot going on in this one. It was uh, it was almost getting to the point where I was like trying to uh, keep up with the like the all the time, and I think that's I think that's normal with time stories where you know suddenly you're getting lost in the paradox of the yeah. movie, you know. Yeah. Did, no. What do you think? Um, because a lot of people they they say this one's darker mm-hmm. because uh, you know George dies in part two, and um, you know you got Biff shooting at people. So what do you, what do you think about that? How they kind of change from a very comedic tone to one that's a little bit darker with the like uh, alternate eighty five and stuff. Right. I think I think it was a, a smart plot choice as far as storytelling goes um, because there's only so many things you can do um, when you have one set of timelines and how how are you going to so dramatically affect the future you know the death of somebody important to you the death of somebody you love is going to definitely change your future in a in a very very stark way um, I think I mean I the casino thing was a little bit over the top and I think I think that you know I think that kind of brings the comedy back in and the, the outrageousness that you had in the first one. But um, I, I liked it. I thought it was enjoyable. Like, I thought that was clever. If you can give a rating for one and two, would you be able to do that on the spot? Um, yeah, I think I would definitely give it a solid, like, the first one, solid seven. I thought it was really entertaining. My, my standards are, as long as I'm entertained, then, you know, you're going to probably get a good score. Um, I think, I think the second one I'll probably give, like, a 6.5. I still, I like the first one a little bit better, but both were really good, and I thought they tied in together very well, and they picked up the seams, you know, made it coherent. Right, right. Without having so many plot gaps. Yeah, so um, what I did notice is that we're actually watching it the way it was watched in 89. So I actually saw part two in the theater and three. So part two ended with uh, scenes from part three. What did you think of uh, seeing clips of the Old West in part three? I was hesitant at first because at first I wasn't sure if, like, I had to ask my friend, like, is part three going to be taking place in the Wild Wild West? Or is it, you know, saying this happened in between two and three and now we're going into three and it's going to be something else having taken place? So I thought it was weird, but, like, once my friend was like, no, it's going to take place and it's just showing you ahead of time. I was kind of excited for it. Um, I think the third in a lot of popular movies can be hit or miss, so we'll see how it goes. Um... I, I was saying to my friends, I was it, it made me a little excited because I, I did see A Million Ways to Die in the West, and I yeah. know that there was a reference to that, so at least it fit in and it made sense and it kind of brought that back for me, so yeah. it made me happy. 
Yeah, I'm excited for you to see three. So uh, yeah. thank you for your time, and uh, I will talk to you after part three. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. All right, Emily. So we just watched part two. Uh, how many times do you think you've seen part two? Once. I've seen it once. So was this your second time watching it ever? Yes. Okay, wow, okay. So um, how long ago did you watch the fir- uh, watch it the first time? About a year ago, actually. And do you was there anything for this time, uh, this viewing, was there anything that you, you missed the first time? Um, I'm trying to think. I was thinking about that when I was watching the movie, but uh, I couldn't pick up anything other than, like, different editing stuff in the film. But, yeah. Um, what... What were some things in 2015 in the movie that uh, you maybe wish that that happened now or that they showed to happen that you're like, I'm glad that didn't happen? Um, something that I wish we had was hoverboards because I feel like that's a really big possibility. That's a lot more, it sounds like it would be easier to do than some of the other stuff that they had. And then something that I'm glad that they don't have is like, Flying cars, maybe? Flying cars, yeah. That'd be scary. Yeah. A lot of idiot drivers. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Texting and flying. (laughs) Yeah, that would be really bad. Yeah. Uh, I asked uh, Megan Grace the same thing, but what do you think about the the difference in tone between one and two, where one was more comedic and this one was a lot darker? Um, I have to say that I really enjoy the comedy more. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I can definitely see the difference there. After watching one and two, which one do you think is better? Um, I mean, I like them for different reasons because the first one, you know, sets the story and we get to know the characters and all that and we see everything in a different light and then in the second one we see everything in a different light. But I like that it, the second one takes place where I'm living now. So mm-hmm. it's fun to, like, compare right. that. So. Hey, Megan Grace, I want to ask you guys uh, the same question. Um, uh, people who listen to my show, they know that I hate recasts. So I don't know if you guys caught this, that uh, it was a different Jennifer. No? Oh, I sort of saw it, but I was it like... It was like one of those things where I was like, something's slightly off, yeah. but I think they did a good job uh, of like picking hiding somebody it. who was close. Yeah. Do you guys know why there was a second Jennifer? No. Um, well, obviously the first one didn't make it, but the reason that they did what they did to her in the movie was because... The the the, one, the first one ended as a joke. There was no plan for a sequel. Right. So they did, you know, they put her to sleep in the second one because they didn't really want her tagging along. But uh, if you guys can choose, which Jennifer do you guys... Well, I guess you guys didn't really tell, so yeah. that's not even a good question. Well, I mean, I... The first one was beautiful, so I she can stay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. I, I agree. The first one's always the best. It would have been interesting, yeah. though, to have her tag along. I think I think that was probably a missed moment to have her you know fiddling around with other things and that could have been something that they could have brought into the third one that it's almost a missed storyline moment where you could have had them trying to fix her mistakes or whatever instead of you know jumping to the wild wild west movie's about to start but real quick prediction do you guys think jennifer will be a a factor in part three i don't think so i hope so but probably not i feel like she's she's did her time (laughs) (laughs) all right let's go watch part three and we'll talk again